Okay, let's talk about candles for a minute. Do you know that almost 2 billion candles are sold globally each year and almost all of them are likely to end up in landfills for the next 1 million years? It's insane. That's why I think it's really cool that Notes candles exist. They're working to eliminate single-use candle vessels and give home fragrance lovers a more earth-friendly option. Notes has created a refillable candle system that allows you to use your candle vessel over and over again. It is super easy. The candles are made with fragranced wax beads, so all you do is place the wick in your reusable notes jar and fill it up with the wax beads and enjoy your fragrance for up to 36 hours. The Santal and Atlas Cedar scent is like this woodsy calming smell. It's so nice. And they have oat milk and balsam berry, vanilla and pepperwood, pistachio and rose water, and a total of 13 really great options to choose from. Be a responsible consumer while not giving up high quality home fragrance by making the switch to notes. You can build your custom starter kit right now at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Right now, notes is giving our friends 15% off and free shipping when you buy a notes starter kit using the code that sounds fun. Just use that code that sounds fun when you're placing your order. That's that sounds fun at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm so happy to be here with you today. We have got a great show in store. But before we dive into today's conversation, I want to tell you about one of our amazing partners, Crew. It goes without saying, the Bible has changed my life. But imagine for a second that you couldn't get a Bible, that you couldn't hop on Amazon and get one sent to your house or even afford one. Take it one step further. Imagine you aren't even allowed to have one. Honestly, sometimes we forget there are people, lots of people, all around the world who simply can't get a Bible. And that is why we're thrilled to partner with Crew. Crew is one of the largest evangelical organizations with over 25,000 missionaries in almost every country. Crew is giving Bibles around the world to people in their own heart language and sharing the hope of Jesus. But here's where they need our help. For only $21 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. And when you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $21, you'll also be helping Crew to provide meals to five hungry families through their humanitarian aid ministry. And you get a free copy of my new book, Chase the Fun, as a thank you. Simply text FUN to 71326 to help today. Imagine just how much this gift could change someone's life. So text FUN to 71326. That's F-U-N to 71326 to help now. Or visit give.crew.org slash that sounds fun. Message and data rates may apply. And today on the show, I get to talk with my friends, Seth and Heather Tom. Day. Heather is an associate professor of communication at Andrews University and an amazing author and one of my favorite people. And Seth has been both a pastor and campus chaplain, and together they've written a really timely book that I'm so excited to get to talk with them about today. It's called I'll See You Tomorrow. It's about how to navigate through relational disappointment, conflict, fear, commitment. Y'all are going to love this one. I love these people and the way that they do life and community. I cannot wait for us all to get to learn from them together. So Here is my conversation with the days, Seth and Heather. Mostly Seth Day, welcome to That Sounds Fun. Heather's been around. (laughs) Thank you. You're the one. You're the real special bonus episode (laughs) that we get. Seth, is I'll See You Tomorrow your first book? I did one other book with Heather a while back. It was a little devotional book um, called Life After Eden. But yes, I'm really excited about this book. 
Yeah. So, Heather, book. tell me the difference of writing by yourself and writing with your husband. Prepare oh me in case I ever write with the man I end up marrying. <laughs> you want to know what? I think the beauty is, as all things with relationship, it makes it better. There's somebody there for you for the difficult parts and rejection and just fear and all that uncertainty. And there's somebody to celebrate with. So I feel really grateful for it. Seth, what were the terrible parts about writing a book? That's a real sweet answer that Heather yes. has prepped. But what what's the hard part about writing a book with someone else, particularly the person you share a bed with? When we sit and write in a room together, Heather's keyboard, I mean, it's just the sound of typing. Yeah. And it makes me feel like, and I'm thinking about every word, yes. erasing it, writing it, rewriting it. Very different process, but yeah. um, it gives me a little bit of anxiety, but also it pushes me to do better. So Yeah, it's very like the two personalities come together yeah. in one room, and yep. Heather and I vomit out every word we think, yeah. and then edit it later, and you're editing as you go. Yeah, and she'll just be like, done, and then she'll get up and walk <laughs> away. And I'm like, she's like, let me see what you got, and she'll go, you've got three pages? Okay. <laughs> so... Oh my gosh, Heather, back me up. Will you tell y'all's story a little bit? I mean, you were on episode 304 in June of 2021, so people can go back and listen to that too. But for this context, will you tell us a little bit of y'all's story? Because that plays out in the book. I'll see you tomorrow as well. This is a long story, Annie. but And Seth one that and I, I deeply love. <laughs> Seth and I met in sixth grade. We met at 10 and 11, and we... Loved, I loved him in sixth grade. I wrote in my diary in sixth grade. I absolutely did. I wrote in my diary, one day I will marry Seth Day. Adored him. His family moved away. And so I didn't see him again for several years. I saw him again my sophomore year of college. And I wrote him a Wait, note. Wait, I'm sorry. You did not see him from sixth grade until your sophomore year of college? And I will tell you, I was friends with his brother, who is one year older than him. He passed away. We dedicated the book to him. But yeah. Tyler would come visit me in the years between. And, and Tyler used to say to me, Seth says he's never coming back here. And I'd be like, why does Seth hate me and this town so much? And he never came back until I was 19 years old. I saw him sitting in the financial aid office of the university we went to. And I passed a note to my mother, who was the director of financial aid, which was probably not a good idea. But I passed a note to her. We're past the statute of limitations on that, yes. I think. But yes. This feels like an illegal story. <laughs> she gave the note to Seth, and then, ladies, wait a minute. He wait, never wait, wait. called me. You passed a note to your mom, who runs my the financial. And, and Seth, did she hand you the note? Yeah, no, she absolutely did. It and was, what did you do? Was, Were you like, I didn't ever. What did you do? I didn't know how to process it because I, I'm like, is she looking for friendship? What is she looking for? Because I had a girlfriend at the time. Yeah. And so I'm like, uh, which I didn't know. I want everyone to know. I did not know that he had a girlfriend. I had not hey, seen him no, of since course sixth not. grade. Catch me not it, caring. I don't care who you send a note was, to other day. <laughs> and so I just took the note and I think I zipped it in one of those front pockets of my backpack and forgot about it or something. I mean, I had a very oh disorganized gosh. backpack, you know, college student, <laughs> crumpled papers. And I found it several years later. Yeah. Several and so he years later, he Truth. called me on the very night that I ended my engagement, um, mm -hmm. which was a tough relationship. And I ended that at that night. I'm praying and I'm crying in my twin size bed at my parents' house. And my phone rings and it's Seth Day from sixth grade. And he said, mm -hmm. I have that note you gave me. And I just wanted to see how you were. And I'm sobbing. <laughs> and we made plans to get together the very next day. And we've been together ever since. 
Forgive me for not remembering this, Heather. If, meaning, I don't remember if we talked about this on the first episode, but this is a clutch part of the story to me. What did you wear on your first date? I wore a sweatshirt. It was yes. a maroon sweatshirt. Mar- yep. Sweatshirts are business casual. We believe in them over here. I just need, I have carried that nugget with me for the really? last year and a half of going like, mm. yeah, because I think there's a lot of pressure in how you're supposed to look on a first date. And a lot of like, if I don't, what if this, you know, all the pressures of like, you talk to college students all the time, like the outfit matters. And for you to be like, no, I was just me in a sweatshirt and God well, still did. Annie, look- I don't even know if I had makeup on. I mean, I was literally just got out of an engagement. So I don't even know if we knew it was a date. Mm-hmm. I think we were like friends who were getting together and I cried most of the first day that we hung out. <gasps> Did she really, Seth? What did you do when she was crying the whole first day? <laughs> he cried too. I don't know if he's going to tell you that, but he cried too. That may have been a tear. It may have been a tear. <laughs> we'll never know. But uh, yeah, no, I was at a, a low spot too because she mentioned I lost a brother uh, a few years right. previously. And I think I was just looking for friendship. I had moved back from Tennessee. Honestly, like I was struggling with some PTSD symptoms. I wasn't even driving at the time. My brother had taken me, my my other brother had dropped me off to visit her because he was coming that direction. So I was looking, I think, for friendship too. And we were both in a spot and then we started journeying together. So Yeah. Wow. And how long after that till you got engaged? Do you remember? I remember. I'm wondering if he remembers. Oh, oh, yes, of course I remember. Um, <laughs> two years. Okay. Two years of two, dating. Two years? I mean, Three it was years. like a year and a half. Yeah, a year and a half going on two. <laughs> yes. And of y'all course. are in your mid-20s at this point? We were 22. Okay. 22, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Same grade. Sixth grade stuff. Yeah. Heather, one of the things I love about you and I is we, like the other day you sent me a text and you said, I'm going to tell you this because I know you like the weird stuff. You yes. and I really like the weird stuff about God. I can trust you. I can trust you same. with the weird stuff. That's same. what I like. Yes, same. I'm like, we. I will say this. Here's what's great about being friends with y'all is I'm like, man, I can say this thing that I think God might be doing or might be saying. And if I'm wrong, we are going to survive. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> so, but you wrote in your journal in sixth grade that you were going to marry that guy. There are people who would say you manifested that. There are people who would say that if you follow the book, The Secret, that you spoke that into being. And there are people in Christian faith who would say that was prophetic or that that was random. What was it? Yeah. I think it was, I looking back on my life and especially the day that he called me and the relationship that I was in. I don't think it was random. I think yeah. God was orchestrating our story the entire time. Yeah. I, that's truly what I believe. Yes. From my experience, it's too weird for it to have been random. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seth, being married to a person like Heather and I who like the weird stuff spiritually, who yes. like the what does that number mean? Yes. Why did I run into that person? I th- would think, I think a lot of people believe this, but Heather and I like kind of live and die by the idea that God is always up to something if we're paying attention. Mm. That's got to be hard to be married to us. (laughs) Because because everything means something. 
Right. It is true. And so so talk to me about the balance. Talk to me about if if the Heather and I's spiritual personality is a balloon, you are an anchor. But you believe sure. about God too. You believe a lot of things about God that is the same. So what does it look like to balance that when Heather comes home and says, We got seven letters in the mail? That means in seven years yeah. we are going to, you know? What's yeah. the balance of that? Oh man, I think more often than not, um, I believe, uh, because I, here's the thing, I live with Heather and I see her every morning at 5 a.m. I mean, she's read the Bible like oh, almost a dozen times through, like her relationship with God is, I mean, far above our marriage, is the most important thing in her life. Mm. And so because I see who she is outside of those experiences, I tend to pray through those things with her. Yeah. And the worst thing that happens is that it doesn't happen, but it's not time wasted because we were in the presence of God during that time wow. seeking wow. his advice. Wow. So So when y'all are in the middle of one of those, mm-hmm. one of those things, is your role I, this is purely if we were having coffee, this is what I'd be talking to y'all about, and we're just also recording. So whatever. When I come to your house, we're going to sit and have the same conversation. I'm just going to use names, and I'm not going to use names here. But I mean, when when y'all are in the middle of that, Seth, is your role from God to go, Mm. yes, we're going in, or to go, hey, Heather, I don't know that that is it. Here's what I think it could be. Or is it both? Yeah, um, I think I've been on both sides of that as a human being. And I think it's, I mean, I think I have different seasons in my life where I have sought God deeper and I have been more of a like a humanistic approach to life and just live life, not proud about that, right? But not always, I haven't always had God at the center. And so I'd almost for me has been, it's recentering in a way. Mm-hmm. Again, for me, it's not about it always coming to fruition. Yeah. It's the fact that here is someone who puts this person, God, above all else. And wow, let, th- it always helps to recenter me. Yeah. So if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Heather, what does it, I mean, in our friendship, you've talked a lot to me about how Seth is so strong for you in this mm-hmm. and grounding yeah. for you in this. So talk to me about that because that's what I'm missing today, right? Like I have the like, I got seven letters in the mail <laughs> stuff. And then I right. go like, Heather, and you go, yay, let's go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? So tell me about the gift because there's so many of our friends listening who are the grounding, the spiritual personality that is grounding for the spiritual balloon personalities. <laughs> Why is that a gift to you to have Seth? You want to know what? And I just said this to God the other day, and Seth knows this because I had a moment, Annie, on a walk two days ago where I said, God is speaking to me. And, this, <laughs> and I said, I said to God, if this is you, then will you have Seth confirm it? Wow. I will not run myself that ragged unless you have Seth confirm it. And yeah. so for me, it has been grounding because sometimes he does confirm it. And then I'm, I feel like, okay, I can go all in. Mm-hmm. I mean, there have been, Seth knows this. I don't know how much to share, but there have been things that I said to God that Seth has come in the door and said to me, the, I'm talking verbatim, the exact thing that I had just said to the Lord. That's not, it's, it's hard to not say like God is good way. Not like basic no, things. No, b- real things that I have said yeah. to God. And Seth will walk in and say, I feel like God is telling me this. And I'm mm-hmm. like, so I trust him. Mm. I trust him with his Heather. This isn't right or not yet. I trust him in that. And I also trust him when he looks at me and says, go. There's also been times where I say, I just don't know if I'm, maybe I'm crazy. 
And he'll look at me and say, uh-uh, I know who you are. Wow. And I've seen this and I've seen this. And I, and he's reminded me of things that in the moment, Annie, because you know, we can be up and we can be down. Yeah. He'll re- <laughs> When right. I'm down, he oh, also man. will be the person to pick me back up and say, no, you've seen mm. this and this and this. And so I'm so grateful. Relationship, people. Yeah. Relationship is everything. Yeah. Mm. I mean, that's why I think people are going to love I'll See You Tomorrow because so much of what y'all talk about in this book is the importance of connection, even when you want to give up up. And even as a person who's not married yet, I have two or three people in my life that, and you're one of them, Heather, that I go like, if I pray this and I think God's doing this and I just keep it to myself, that's actually dangerous because then Mm -hmm. I can build a whole fantasy around what I think God said. But if I bring people in who are trusted, who I know are in scripture and who I know have a history with God, then I can go, hey, I think I'm maybe this is the Lord. And there have been times where you've gone, oh, we're going in for that. And other times where you're like, abandon ship, sis. You're not right. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And there have been times I want, I hope you give me space to tell a little bit of this story of times that you have absolutely spoke to me and Seth through the Holy Spirit, and it's been confirmed. I just want to tell this story. Can I about the house? Yeah. yeah. Mm. Okay. So you're okay with that. That's fine with me. I am praying. Seth and I had had like five houses fall through. We're living in our parents' basement while we're writing I'll See You Tomorrow. It was just a really difficult season and transition. And I'm praying for a house. And I, tons of them, like, I think this is the one, and it falls through. And I wake up one morning and I, I inside, I felt like, okay, I feel like God is saying today's the day. And mm. so I text Annie and I said, I feel I'm going to make a dinner reservation. Yes. Annie, here's what I'm doing. I'm making a dinner reservation at a fancy restaurant. And I even told Seth, you don't have to go because I know this is crazy. So if you don't want to go, I will sit by That's myself true. at the table. If you want to go, you are invited. But I am trusting that when I eat my steak dinner tonight, I am celebrating what God has done. Mm. And so all day, Annie's texting me saying, did anything happen with the house? Have you seen anything? I'm like, nothing's happened. And you're then like you the only friend me, that we text at 6 a.m. while we're doing our right. quiet times. <laughs> Are you up? <laughs> yeah. And then you you sent me a voice message, which I have saved. Yeah. And you said, as I'm praying for you, Heather, I just feel like I'm seeing an old foundation, but a new house. Is there any house like that? And once you said that, I go, well, there was, but I didn't get it. We put an offer on it and we didn't get it. You said, no, 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 this is the house, pray on it. And that is the house that we live in today. And my realtor called me at that dinner dinner. while we're eating and says, hey, I think we're going to be able to make this house work. And it's the house. And we, so we made a sign that goes into our sunroom that says Old Foundation, New House. It's a mm. chapter in our book that Seth wrote, Old yeah. Foundation, New House. Have praying friends with you. It changes the success and it changes also the misery as you're in it. Yeah, that's right. It changes the misery. That's, that is the truth. Seth, part of what I love about the house story is how much time you put into it, into yes. building the house. Will you talk a little bit about once God's handed you the thing that you've been asking him for, it isn't perfect. Like the Israelites didn't go in to the promised land and not have battles. Y'all had to still redo the house, but you did it. So will you talk a little bit about that journey for you? Yes. And I am still doing it. (laughs) I'm still still working on the house. So um, it is not quite finished, but we are getting there. Yeah. So... For me, after we got the house and Heather filled me in, you know, this this dialogue that you guys are having and I'm there, I slowed life down a little bit and in anticipation that we were going to get a house, may need some work. Yeah. And I'm there alone working in this house day by day. And I think I allude to this in the chapter, but essentially it's like, it reminded me that 
man, this is so much of life. What we want to be handed is oftentimes this pretty box and bow and open it up and everything is just perfect. But I am realizing that more often than not, the answer prayer still might require work. Yes. Mm. Yes. So I remember as I'm spraying that ceiling and blowing drywall (laughs) dust out of my nose and I'm upset and throwing my back out and all this stuff going, man, I wish I had more money to hire someone to come help me with this going, okay. But all I pictured was literally like my kids running on that floor and dancing. And one of the first things when it was done, that part of the construction Heather gets the, or I get the video out and there's this video that Heather, I think, posted before of the kids running before there's any furniture in the house and dancing. And it was like, yeah, so that's what it's all about. So it still required work to get to the end results. I think that's one of the things I love about that story and about y'all's book is is Mm. what you're saying about relationship is... Exactly. God will give it to you. Exactly. And also... And and yes. may, and even the roles of like Heather praying it in and then you coming in and making it right. Sure. I mean right. that is so cool. I felt I, at, to this minute I feel so honored that I got to watch that movie. It's like one of my favorite movies I've ever watched. <laughs> <laughs> I mean Heather, when you were you went to the dinner at mm-hmm. the yeah. reservation you had made and without hearing anything. Mm-hmm. I mean we were texting while you were sitting at yes. the restaurant. Yes, I, it is like. That is wild faith stuff. It makes me want to cry because I remember, Annie, truly your words, because I trust you, right? And I've seen God confirm that Mm -hmm. he speaks to you. When you said, this is it, I I was going off of your faith at that moment, not mine. Mm. Right. And so that is what relationship does for us is sometimes I I was so depressed all week long, actually. And my friend Mm -hmm. yesterday told me a story. It was a testimony of something God had done. And I was like, oh, it like snapped me out of it because I said, this is that's her God, which is also my God. And I'm going to borrow your testimony right now, sis. And I'm just going to pray it over my life (laughs) and trust that God is working even when I can't see it. Yeah, it is fun when God answers things in my life. I really enjoy that personally. But man, it is fun when someone else invites you in and you get to watch the movie and get to go like, what might God be doing here? Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation real quick to share about one of our amazing partners, KiwiCo. What we learn at a young age sticks with us throughout childhood. I mean, just the other day here at the office, we were singing church songs that we learned when we were kids. Like, If I were a butterfly, anybody, anybody, that's why fostering a lifelong love of learning for the children in our lives is so important. We know learning matters and we know fun matters. So why not make learning fun? A KiwiCo subscription delivers super fun hands-on projects for kids of all ages. Imagine getting to see your own wire art illuminating your room. How proud would you be? The light up wire art crate lets you create these two custom neon signs with wire. You can choose from five existing templates or create your own from scratch. You know I would do AFD or TSF. So display your creations, let them glow and bask in the fun you and your mini BFF had together. They won't believe what they can build and accomplish with KiwiCo. Give them the tools to learn new skills, build new experiences, and make new connections to the broader world. And the best part, watching their confidence grow as big as their smiles. Spark the love of learning today with a KiwiCo subscription. Get 50% off your first month, plus free shipping on any crate line with the code that sounds fun at KiwiCo.com. That's 50% off, 5-0, you guys. 50% off your first 
first month at kiwico.com, promo code that sounds fun. And I want to tell you about another one of our incredible partners, Brooklyn. And fall has officially arrived, you guys. And Brooklyn knows that cooler temperatures mean it's time to put on your sweatshirts or business casual sweatshirt and spend some time snuggled up with a good book. Luckily for you, Brooklyn and Soft Cozy Home Essentials offer everything you need to feel warm and fuzzy all season long. Brooklyn and delivers high-quality, beautiful home essentials by partnering with top-caliber manufacturing partners and using only the highest-grade materials. The result? Durable, better-with-every-use products that last and wash beautifully and get softer over time. Brooklyn and's bedding basics are anything but, well, basic. However you sleep, take your bedroom to the next level with Brooklyn and's award-winning down comforter and pillows. They make the perfect foundation for sipping your chai while you watch You've Got Mail or your other favorite fall rom-com. And those sheets, y'all, you know they are my favorite. So soft and comfy. For all of your cozy needs, check out brooklinen.com today for their luxurious home and bedding essentials and use the promo code that sounds fun for $20 off plus free shipping on your purchase of $100 or more. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and the promo code that sounds fun gets you $20 off plus free shipping. Hey, and be sure to check out the show notes for links to these incredible partners and the transcript of the show. And you can sign up for the AFD Week in Review, and then we'll email you all kinds of fun links straight to your inbox every Friday. And now back to our conversation with Heather and Seth. So I'm I'm doing a wedding on Saturday and I was writing the ceremony today and I was writing about the little message part about miracles and how it's a miracle every time. So will y'all kind of talk about like so much that you talk about this in the book. I was inspired by y'all, but like in friendships and marriage, even in family relationship is actually miraculous, but it is not easy. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's. This is the reality. I think we're living in a time today, and for good reason, where there's a lot of talk about boundaries, which is important. I I affirm that conversation. And there's a lot of talk about, don't let this person cross you. Don't lay down or else they'll walk over you. And what I'm saying is, how many of us are not experiencing relationship that spans 10 yes. years, 15 years, 20 years, yes. because mm-hmm. somebody does one incident and we say, well, this you've now crossed my one boundary and I'm you're out of my life. There, ha- What's the balance there? Right. What's the both and where we can start caring about the person more than the conversation? Wow. What's the balance where we can say... I love you and this hurt me. And so I'm going to step back for a second, but mm-hmm. I'll see you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'm still here. I'm still in this relationship with you. I think yeah. you don't get to have relationships that span 10 years if you don't lay down a time or two in between. Wow. Th- that's the nature of relationship. Yeah. If I can add to this, this last summer, I had a cousin that I hadn't spoken to in about 10 years. And we just avoided each other. We had a falling out. We were younger and we grew up together, but then we had this falling out over the phone and we yelled at each other and that was it for 10 years. Like we didn't wow. talk. Silly. But the lo- it, it's almost like the more time that went on, the harder that I dug my heels in in a, sure. way, in a, in a way. And that callus became even harder and I didn't know how to break through that. But I just happened to be at a wedding for him. His mother was, my aunt was getting remarried and he was there. And I had so much anxiety about going and I'm like, what's gonna happen here? And at the end of that wedding, um, we small talked, 
he came up, but there was still that elephant. Wait, did in the your room. stomach hurt the whole time? My stomach would have hurt the whole time. Yeah, kind of. You know, because I'm like, man, what's? I hope the wrong thing isn't said, or what? What does that look like? Yeah. And so I've been playing all these scenarios in my mind, and then at the end of the wedding, he pulls me aside. He gives me this huge hug and like squeezes my shoulder and he looks at me with like tears in his eyes and he says, Seth, I missed you. Let's never let that happen again. We didn't need to, in this situation, in this situation, let me be clear on that. We didn't need to rehash that thing. And I'm not saying that doesn't need to happen in certain situations, but I realize, and here's the point of this. I had missed, to add to what Heather's saying, I had missed out on a relationship in my life because I'm much of an introvert. So I don't have huge social connections. Mm-hmm. And I had lost someone who could have been pivotal to, to my happiness and joy and well-being and support for 10 years because we never learned how to say, I'll see you tomorrow. Wow. Yeah. What does it look like now, Seth? Is it texting? Is it let's get yeah. together? What is it? Is oh. it back to normal? A little bit. Um, he he. I, I texted him. He's finishing. Went back to school. Finishing med school. I texted him. Heard you passed your exams. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. And then that door's open to definitely go hiking or something. Yeah. Um, he, but it's just like it's healing to know that there isn't that unsettled uh, distress inside. Yeah. So yeah, I had a friendship just fix a couple of weeks ago that I. I honestly didn't know was busted and then we had the conversation that it was busted and, and, mm-hmm. and it started to fix and and so we both got on the phone we had a conversation and then the text messages the first four or five are so awkward mm. right because you're trying to be normal yes. but you know you aren't normal yeah but the only way forward is through right heather is yeah. that it i mean the only yeah. way you're the communications professor you're the doctor here right yeah. the only way forward is through and so you just have to start Okay, we had the conversation, we forgive each other, we prioritize saying, I'll see you tomorrow, and then it also gets weird, and and it's like, did you see yes. that dress that that celebrity was wearing? <laughs> Woo, I'm trying! <laughs> <laughs> and how do we give grace for ourselves in that, yeah, yeah. right? And say, this is actually, this this is normal, it is normal to not speak or to have a conversation or to have a falling out and it to be difficult and weird and awkward for mm. it. So here's the thing. It takes six to eight times of hanging out with somebody for it to even feel like there's an us. Mm. So wow. give yourself those start six or eight, the recover. Yes. Oh, wow. I would say so. I know it is from the start, but I'm saying why not also for the recover? That's if smart. we know it six, to eight times is actually a lot. That's a lot. How many times do you spend time with your friend? Like, let's say you have lunch or dinner, you prioritize relationship and you say every month I'm going to see this friend. That's six to eight months. Yeah. Wow. Give yourself space for that. Yeah. That's important because I am kind of like we hung out one time and we're in us. In friendship, <laughs> not even in dating necessarily, but in friendship. I'm like, we're us, we're fine. But it's good to hear that in other people's brains, six to eight is normal. Yeah. Andy, we're like, I text you five times and there's an us. <laughs> Absolutely. I, mean, I sent you a meme and we are best friends. We are now. us. That is my problem. That's why I need a Seth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Reel it in. <laughs> right. I know. I know, Seth. I know. Do you really know this person? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That's it. Um, so, Seth, when you're, I mean, when y'all are writing, I'll see you tomorrow. It's so much about friendship and marriage. And where does parenting come in on this? Because y'all have kids and, mm. and there's got to be some training that goes in for parents on the concept of don't let go of relationship. Mm. Yeah. So I don't know if we focus so much on our relationship with our kids, but I do talk about my experience with my parents in the book. And so there's a lot there. So uh, I want to say this because I read a whole chapter on forgiveness in the book. And so this book was, when I say that, it was a journey for Heather and I to write this because we had to process some of our own things as we were writing this book. But growing up, and, and I think that there's... We know the statistics, like divorce is huge today, and that impacts children in, a, children in a profound way. And I was kind of modeled two different parenting, I'm going to say the word is styles or, or models to follow after. One was my father. And here's what I want to say, first of all. He, he only, and I didn't always feel this way, but he can only or has only been able to be there for, for me as much as his father was for him. And that doesn't mean that I can't do better for my kid, but for him, I think that he had a father who I don't know at all. Oh, wow. That, yeah. So the best that he could do for me, I think, was what he was shown. He went through some experiences that I didn't have to go through. Yeah. So I think that that's probably impacted him. So when I look at that relationship, though, and how it did still impact me, it has taken me years of my life, especially up until my early 20s to find out what that looks like and who do I want to be as a parent. I'll tell you when Heather got when Heather got pregnant shortly after we got married, I was ready for so many things, Annie. I was ready to go back to school, I was ready for a job, I was ready for this, I was ready to get a house. But I I mean the thing that freaked me out, I always had this thing looming was to be a father. What if I make the same mistakes as him? What if yeah. I do this? What if I do that? So that was always in the back of my mind. But I think I leaned more to the uh, the drive, the will, the tenacity, the perseverance that my mother ex- exemplified even though she was a single mother, she really was my father and my mother growing up. I mean, yeah. she's the one who taught us how to fish, how to go wow. camping, all of these things. And so, man, to bring this full circle when it comes into parenting or for people who might have questions of parenting, I write in the book, and this is what my mother taught me, just because it's not ideal doesn't mean that it's not possible. Wow. Mm. And I spent almost up until my early 20s, focusing on what wasn't ideal, that my father never showed up for my 16th birthday or bring me the car he promised or uh, all of these things or, or went back to prison for the umpteenth time. And I was held a lot of resentment towards that and made a lot of poor decisions as a result of that hurt. But when I look at my mother, who, who as a teenager pulled herself up by her bootstraps, um, sought strong relationships and advice, went back to school, single mother, three kids by, by 20 years old, 21 years old, and is now a superintendent of, mm-hmm. of a whole entire school system, mm-hmm. right? Wow. She taught me that just because life isn't ideal, it doesn't mean that we can't still do what's possible. And so when it comes to relationship, whether it's a friend, whether it's a marriage, whether it's a family member, whatever that looks like, I think that as long as we live on this earth, 
we are always going to be kind of living in a state that isn't ideal. Yeah. But what can we still do that's possible? That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Heather, do you have thoughts after that? No, I think that he said it. I think we do the next possible thing, mm-hmm. you know? And I think we'll spend, and that Seth will say, he spent a lot of his life literally stuck mm-hmm. looking at what was an ideal that he didn't even see what was still possible, mm. right? And I think that there's a broad analogy in that for all of us, that what is the next possible thing in this job, in this in my relationship with God? What's the next? Maybe I can't step foot in church at this second, but can I? Sure. I have a friend whose um, children were diagnosed with a terminal illness, mm-hmm. and I remember children, her saying plural? to me, Yes, both children. Mm. Oh my god. And I remember her saying to me that she said, Heather, I can't, I can't pray. I can't I'm so angry. And so she said, What I do is I take the Bible and I just set it on the coffee table and I'll sit in the room and I'll drink my coffee. And that's all I can muster. And God met her right there. So what can you do that's still possible? Mm -hmm. I mean, what's the one step, right? Like that one step of putting it on the table is the one step. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Heather, when you think about, I mean, it's been interesting because a lot of books right now, this is how the Holy Spirit works, all have resilience in them. I mean, it is like there, there is clearly a theme for us from God through authors right now. And so resilience in relationship is that coming up and uh, sticking with who we're with and where we are, because there's got to be friends for us listening who are deciding whether to stay in their marriage and deciding whether to stay in that friendship and deciding whether to stay in that job. So where's resilience and where's the right point to move on? Mm. Yeah. I can, can I please talk about this? Because I have so many students that I'm really concerned about this generation because the word toxic, I think is really, I'm a communication professor, right? So words mean things. Yes. In my world, words mean things. And so I think we keep saying there everybody's a narcissist, everybody's toxic. Yes. And there are absolutely toxic people. There are narcissists. But if we keep using that word to describe every situation I don't like or every person who disagrees with <laughs> right, me, then the right. word doesn't mean anything anymore. That's right. That's right. Right? So I would say I just had um Sheila Wise Rowe on my podcast last week, and she said and your something podcast so powerful. is called Viral Jesus. Viral Jesus. Thank you. People Annie. haven't listened yet. She said something so good when we were talking about this concept. She said, "You have to think of it. Toxic is like if I keep." drinking this poison, it will eventually kill me. But sometimes we'll say that something is toxic even because there was poison in the water at one time, but they mm. excavated and they took it out. Wow. And But we'll still call it toxic, even though it's mm. no longer there. They've right. apologized. They've actually repented. Yeah. They've actually mm. gone the other way. And we're still saying they're toxic. That's a problem. Yes. Right? So are we looking, what we're looking for, and I say this in the book, we are looking for patterns We break Mm -hmm. patterns. Patterns should be broken. Incidents should be forgiven. And here's the one thing you are always going to have in common with every single person around you. Neither of you will be perfect. Yeah, That's the reality. And when I remember that, I'm able to extend grace to you because I know for a fact the Holy Spirit has extended grace to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's right. Seth, the people who are listening that are thinking... I don't know if I have it to stay in this marriage. I don't know if I have it. The patterns are broken enough. Or, you know, like, what's the call to resilience? Is the call to resilience to stay in a relationship no matter what? Or is the call to resilience about who you are with God? Or what's what's the actual invitation? 
Yeah, I think God cares about individuals. And yes. so to take the word relationship as if it means the same thing because that's two mm. people, God is going to look at you both individually. And if yeah. you're both individually, whether it's the person doing the harm or the person being harmed, you're not helping someone by continuing to let them harm you. Good. Right. And you sitting in that obviously isn't good for you either. So we need to separate that God is a God who would have died for one person. And so he cares about the individual just as he does about the relationship. And of course, his goal is for us to be in a relationship, but should on the topic of resilience. Yeah, I, I think. I think when someone doesn't choose to change their ways, I think you just have to give them back to God and say, yeah. you've made the choice not to stay in the relationship. I didn't make that. Yes. You've made the yes. choice not to yes. stay in it. Yes. So so publicly, I just want to say in front of everyone, I would love for y'all to do a podcast on the network. <laughs> Can y'all together have a <laughs> podcast on That Sounds Fun Network? Because yeah. we need some like couples counseling. Okay, y'all are nodding. That's Absolutely. good, dear. Every, yes. dear Don't listeners, threaten us. Nodders. Don't threaten us with a good time, Absolutely. Annie. <laughs> Hey, friends, just interrupting one more time to tell you about another amazing partner ritual. So based on how frequently there are cookies delivered to our office, y'all, it's ridiculous. And if our team's habits are any indication, they're also ridiculous. It's a fact that the nutrition provided by the typical American diet has got some serious gaps. Over 97% of women aged 19 to 50 aren't getting enough vitamin D, and 95% are not getting their recommended daily intake of key omega-3s. Ritual is essential for women. 18-plus multivitamin was formulated by exhaustive research to help fill nutrient gaps in the diets of women ages 18-plus. It's formulated with nutrients to help support brain health, bone health, blood health, and provide antioxidant support. But Ritual did not stop there, you guys. They invested in a gold standard university-led clinical trial to prove the impact of Essential for Women 18-plus multivitamin. What they found was that their Essential for Women 18-plus was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks, you guys. That is so impressive. That's like by the end of the year. Ritual is committed to third-party testing from USP and the Non-GMO Project to including traceable and vegan-friendly ingredients and always making sure their communication is clear. And you know how we feel. Clarity is kindness. My Ritual multivitamins are part of my daily morning routine. I love knowing that their clean ingredients are helping me make sure my body gets what it needs that I'm not necessarily getting from what I eat which is cookies sometimes at the office. Right now, Ritual is offering my friends 10% off your first three months. So visit ritual.com slash that sounds fun and turn healthy habits into a ritual. That's 10% off at ritual.com slash that sounds fun. And I've got one last incredible partner to share with you, Thrive Cosmetics. We are definitely a group of friends, you and I, who care about taking care of our hearts and our minds and our bods while also having fun and feeling great in our skin. So when makeup and skincare products are better for our skin and support amazing causes, yes, we call that a win-win. Thrive Cosmetics features high-performance beauty and skincare products made with clean, skin-loving ingredients. Their products are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free and are made without parabens or sulfates or phthalates. 
Cause is in the name for a reason, you guys. Every purchase helps a woman thrive by supporting Thrive's giving partners like Foundation for Women Warriors and organization that helps women veterans as they reenter civilian life. How cool is that? And y'all know my all-time favorite, Thrive's Liquid Lash Extension Mascara. It's like magical falsies looking without all the hassle of glue and no damage to my lashes. How long it makes my lashes look with no clumping or flaking. Y'all talk about it all the time on Insta Story, and I cannot take any credit. It's Thrive's Liquid Lash Extension Mascara, and it comes off with just like a little warm water and a washcloth. It's magical. But do y'all know they've also got this liquid lip balm that's leave-on lip serum treatment? It is Unbelievable. It nourishes and restores your lips when they get dry and dehydrated from the cooler weather and dry heat during the fall and the winter. The end result is smooth, glossy, moisturized lips. And we all want that right. Now is a great time to try Thrive Cosmetics for yourself. Right now, you can get 15% off your first order when you visit thrivecosmetics.com slash TSF. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash T-S-F for 15% off your first order. And now back to finish up our conversation with Seth and Heather Day. Okay, so talk to our friends who aren't married yet, who aren't in a committed relationship that, you know, because friendships aren't actually committed relationships. You aren't actually vowed to each other. Mm. And you're actually vowed to the person you're married to. So mm. so our friends who aren't married yet, Heather, how do we practice doing this kind of relationship that y'all write about? How do we practice the kind of like committed relationship before we're actually in a vowed relationship? Yeah, I think though, so it's... First Corinthians 5.16, that we, as Christians, we no longer see anybody from a worldly perspective, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So we are in committed relationships as Christians. Wow. The reality, here's the thing, I'm super passionate about this lately, this idea that we, most of us in Christianity will say that we're Trinitarians, we believe in the Trinity. That means literally God is relationship. Yes. Mm-hmm. God does not exist outside of relationship. And yet we think that we're able to exist outside of relationship Mm -hmm. or we don't value the literally the actual nature of who God is, is relationship. And you think Mm -hmm. it matters. It doesn't matter how we value one another. Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How do we start living out this idea of a Trinity living out relationship, no matter what? And I don't think that's just for married people. This Mm -hmm. is for single people as well. There are people literally praying right now for somebody to be a friend to them. Yeah. Yeah. But if we'll so focus on what's not ideal, we'll miss what was still possible. Wow. Right? Yeah. In the relationships in our own lives, we are the answer to somebody else's prayer yes. Yes. all the time. So, how do we see one another and truly see one another and commit to this thing of just being a Christian? Yeah. Which means I can't, we can weaken ties, sure, but I am supposed to be tied to you yeah. as a brother. That's why it's called the family of God. We are, yeah. this is a permanent relationship. Yeah. Absolutely whether I like you or not. So how (laughs) do we figure this out, right? And start having the major things be the major things and stop saying, because you vote differently than me or because you see this thing differently than me, Hmm. that means that I I no longer, I I have the option of no longer being in a relationship with you. Actually, scripture doesn't say that. Scripture says we are supposed to be a part of a family of believers Mm. and I can disagree with you, but you don't lose your identity in Christ. And I don't have that power. That's it. We also, don't get to say whether if you claim Christ, I don't believe you. We Thank don't get you, to Annie. do that. We don't get to do that. 
We have to say we don't have God. God has us. And there is a big difference. I don't have the spirit of God. The spirit of God has me. And so therefore I can't control who else the spirit of God has. And what I'm looking for in everybody's lives is fruit. And Seth, you just said this the other day, Seth and I had a little conflict with somebody and you said, Seth, you were like, and you had spent most, Seth's more negative than I am. So he spent most of the day like spiraling, like, oh, I can't stand this person. And then you said, you felt like God convicted you. What if you had spent that energy praying for their heart? Yes. Mm. That's, How would that change the fruit of that relationship? It's mm-hmm. terrible when God does that, Seth. right? <laughs> yep. I went on. I went on an angry jog, and I'm gonna just, you know, oh, I'm so upset, and I'm gonna go running, and then about halfway through, he's like, "You're gonna be in the presence of this person again." Rightly so. Maybe you're annoyed, but again, are you throwing away the potential relationship here? And that conviction, it hurt, Annie. I'm just going to tell you, it it hurt. And I prayed, and I prayed for the entire circle of people around that person. And I can tell you, I felt better. As hard as it was, I felt better. Well, another, I mean, an interesting part of this story that both of you do is your spiritual life is connected to your physical life. I mean, you go on walks, you go on runs, God meets you. I mean, you said it, Seth, in the middle of my run, when Mm -hmm. my body had worked out Mm -hmm. half of this run, I had clarity from God. Well, y'all talk a little bit for our friends. I mean, I'm thinking about our friends that can't, run or walk as well. I mean, right. there's still ways to to get going, to move your arms, to, you know, there are some ways to get going, but but for our friends who can run or walk, sure. how does that change your spiritual life to connect your physical body to your spiritual life? So I I'm gonna talk personal. So because of things that I've went through, I constantly need that release. I will tell you when we were talking earlier about is this from God or is this, you know, something that we're taking too far in the beginning of the conversation. I get clarity when I release all of that stress that's built up because I tend to have a lot of internal conversations that I just need to get all that out. And afterwards I'll go, no, that wasn't right. Or yes, that was right. But I, I have right. a hard time with all that surging cortisol inside that's building up. Yes. So that release is part of my spiritual life. Yes. Heather, you too? Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I go on prayer. I went on a prayer walk this morning. The more difficult the season, the more you'll see my feet hit the pavement. And yes. the reason mm-hmm. is I do it with my students too. I'm like, when they come and they say, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to drop out. I'm like, get up. We're going to walk this campus and I'm going to claim God's word over your life because there is, and my students will tell you this too, something changes. If you don't believe me, just try it. Mm. Something, each step that you take, something just gains in power. I believe in actually claiming territory for God's kingdom. I will claim my block. I have prayed around my house. I'll go to my sister's house and walk around and pray around her house. I I don't know what it is, but I've seen it. I I don't say that I understand all the supernatural, but I just know it's real and it's there and let me be respectful of the space and ask God to take over this territory. Yeah. There are often times where you and I'll be texting about something. You'll go, hold on, let me just go on a walk. Yeah. Let me go on a walk. And 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 when I tore up my knee this summer during a pretty tough season, I had six weeks Mm. where I didn't get to go on a walk. And I was blown away how pent up I felt. Mm-hmm. And I had and have this new compassion for people yep. who are unable to move their right. bodies the way they want to, and this new passion for myself and people connecting your physical life with your spiritual life and moving if you can. Sure. I mean, I'm like, right. you got to get out there. So Heather, when you're walking and praying, or Seth, when you're walking and praying, or running and praying, when y'all are out and praying, is it what is it that happens? 
Is it supernatural? Is there something that happens where you're like, it's always after 10 minutes? It's always after 15 mm. minutes? Or is it just once it flows through your body, you suddenly have the right answer? Can I say for me, I felt a breakthrough this morning and it had been like seven days. Wow. Right? So there, it's not, there is no amount of time, but here's all mm-hmm. I know. And this is also something that Annie taught me. Persistent widow, we keep praying. We don't give up. You go yeah. back. I just am going to keep showing up until I feel the breakthrough. Yeah. That's all. That's, I can't control anything else other than, okay, then nothing happened today. I'm going to go back tomorrow. Yeah. And today I did. It, it actually, I thought of you, Annie, this morning because it rained on me. There was like <laughs> this little patch where it rained on me. And I said, yes. this is the blessings of God. This means something. This is it's not just the weather, right? That's it's it. a sign. That's it. But you know what? God knows that I'm that way. Yeah. And he meets me in those things. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Seth, so when people are grieving, or when mm. when relationship is broken, how can connecting your physical life to your spiritual life help heal that? Yeah. So um, first of all, I think grief is really complicated um, as I'm really diving into it, I think, more at a deeper level. I'm, I'm going through this book just to touch on this first yeah. by a lady named Claire Bidwell. And, and she talks about how grief, uh, anxiety is like she believes is one of the missing stages of grief. Oh, wow. And yeah. And she gives us anal- this, this story in there, this kind of comparing it here. And she says, listen, if I lose an arm, it's, it's like grief. Does that mean that I still can't go walking? And does that mean that I can't even ride a bike because I have one arm missing? Does that mean I can't drive a car, essentially? I'm giving more examples than she yeah. gives. But essentially, she's equating it to losing an arm. She goes, should that missing arm keep me from experiencing a whole life? Mm-hmm. So defining what that whole looks like. And then she goes on to explain that grief is much like that. There will be things that you can do after the loss of someone but guess what? Like that missing arm, it's always with you. You may be able to do certain activities or have certain seasons in life and you're okay. But then let's say I go to catch a ball and I join the basketball team. I'm going to notice that missing arm a little bit more. And so that means that our ability to to be the same after that changes. But that doesn't mean mm. that we still cannot be a whole person. Because grief, at least in my experience and what I've read from some other people, it changes you because I'm helping out in a grief class right now and people say, how long, how long, how long? And Kessler, David Kessler says, listen, if you've encountered grief, he asks the question, how long will that person be gone for? Mm. And that's how long you'll be grieving. And so I look at when it comes to just, just wanted to get that out there in case anyone is going through something right now. Beautiful. But grief and exercise and spirituality and all of these things linked together my healing place for me personally is nature. And so when I am lost, I, I, I did this this last summer. I wanted to go through the Bible and I'm almost going through, through Audible this time. And so I took a couple of days and I went on a hike and I just listened while I hiked for like 10 hours a day. And I wow. just listened in nature by myself to scripture to help to recenter myself. Wow. And then, so I think that our physical ability to experience God is something that brings a lot of healing in our life yeah. in the midst of grief. Yeah. Through exercise. I agree. I totally agree. Okay, Seth. So one of the questions I got to ask before we go is tell me why you called the book. I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. So Michael Jordan, and we all love Michael Jordan. Certainly. Obviously where we were going to go. 
I am very biased. Um, I grew up watching Michael Jordan. So if you have another favorite basketball player, that's okay. But for yeah. us, it's Jordan. <laughs> in Jordan, there's a story if, uh, that he tells that is rehashed by one of his coaches where they lost to the Orlando Magic. And essentially, everyone is going home at the end of the day. Uh-huh. And Jordan, the coach says to Jordan, hey, listen, go home. And Jordan says, no. I'll see you tomorrow. If people are going to show up to watch me, I owe it to them to give them my best, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And so this book, I'll See You Tomorrow, we hope has that type of oomph behind it that will encourage people that, listen, we need to show up and do our best in life. Mm -hmm. And that matters. I mean, the book comes out tomorrow. So, Heather, are there, are there pre-ordery things people can get today if they hurry? Yeah, and jump on it? you okay. can. If, if if you go to my website, just click the book link, heatherthompsonday.com, and you'll be able to get a five-day devotional. You'll be able to get, I think, the first three chapters right there on the oh, website downloaded. Great. Perfect. Okay, so they can do that today. And y'all know right my... now. Yes, Seth, I, Heather knows this, but I'll say it to you too. One of my big things I say to authors is celebrate the night before the book comes out because oh, you've wow. already obeyed. You've done the work. There's nothing you can do. So to, today we celebrate that y'all did the obedient work. The book is out. Tomorrow, numbers, blah, blah, blah. All that'll come. But <laughs> the, the thing you celebrate first is the obedience of doing the book. Amen. We will. We'll go to dinner. Yeah, go make That's a reservation. Right. The Lord shows up yep, and y'all make yep, a reservation. Yep, yep. Okay, the last question we always ask. I'm going to start with you, Heather, only because Seth's a newbie. But yes, because yeah. the show is called That Sounds Fun, Heather, tell me what mm. sounds fun to you. What sounds fun to me right now is eating frozen yogurt with my children. Okay. Sitting on a bench, eating frozen yogurt. What's your flavor of choice? Cake batter. What? And it's funny that you asked that because I only ever get the exact same flavor every single time. Is it like a, is it frozen yogurt like out of a soft serve machine flavored yes. cake batter? You've not, you've not gone to the frozen yogurt shops where you get to build your own and put it mm. in the cup. Oh, they all shut down around here. Y'all still got that going? Good. Annie, That's, okay, when you come, I am <laughs> taking you to the, it's like five minutes from our house. I am taking Great. you to the frozen yogurt Great. shop. We will okay. load you cake up. Batter. And what do you put on yours? I do Oreo cookie dough and then my cake batter in a in a cone with like the chocolate and sprinkles wow. like I'm five years old. Wow, I really respect that order. That is very <laughs> impressive. Um, okay, Seth, because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what sounds fun to you. Right now, at this moment, I would love just to go to Lake Michigan and be in a hammock and just yeah. watch the water. I think that would be really peaceful and also exciting. Oh, that sounds really good. And our personalities are so different. <laughs> I love you for it, Seth. I love you for it. Like, I want to watch water. I'm like, yeah, what? I do. <laughs> I want to lay down and look. I love yep. it. I want to lay down Get, and look. It gets me going for the day. I can't explain it. Yeah. Listen, it I up. believe you. We do not judge fun around here. If it's fun okay. to you, it is fun. I absolutely yeah. believe you. You guys, thanks for being great friends, great authors. I'm so excited for people to get this book tomorrow. So glad y'all got to come on the show today. Thank you. Thank you, Annie. Thank you. Oh, you guys, aren't they the best? Listen, that is a note taker. That is a note taker. Be sure to grab a copy of I'll See You Tomorrow and follow them on social media so you can tell them thanks so much for being on the show. And if you need anything else from me, you know, embarrassingly easy to find Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. And I will do the same today. What sounds fun to me? What sounds fun to me today? 
I just want to be outside. The weather's really pretty. So I think just like sitting on my porch this evening sounds really fun to me. So y'all have a great day. We'll see you back here on Thursday with a much requested favorite worship leader and one of my favorite new friends, Brandon Lake. It's a fun one, y'all. We'll see you then.